Welcome, it's indisputable, good to be with you. We have a lot of show today, breaking down news of the day. Ben Carollo back once again, host of Galaxy Brain, which streams on Twitch as Bleep Blop Ben, and writer, also TYT contributor. Yes, top story of the day, the conviction of murderers. That's what happened today, the Ahmaud Arbery killers have been convicted. Now, let me give you some background because justice has not fully been served. There's still more to go. So the jury came back with various guilty verdicts that included malice murder, felony murder, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and criminal attempt to commit a felony, okay? The lion's share of those convictions goes to the man who actually pulled the trigger, and that was Travis McMichael. So count one, malice murder, Travis McMichael was guilty according to the jury, but Gregory McMichael and William Roddy Bryan, not guilty. For count two of felony murder, Travis McMichael guilty, Gregory McMichael guilty, and William Roddy Bryan, not guilty. On count three of felony murder, all of them guilty. Count four of felony murder, all of them guilty. Count five, felony murder, all of them guilty. Count six, aggravated assault, Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael guilty, William Roddy Bryan, not guilty. Count seven, aggravated assault, all guilty. Count eight, false imprisonment, all guilty. Count nine, criminal intent to commit a felony, all guilty. Now, I need to remind you how this started. This young man jogging in a community was chased down by three white criminals. These white criminals were armed and dangerous, and then another one had a recording to record it for kicks, okay? They murdered him. After they killed him, 911, the emergency, Responders, they come. The police do not even require a justification for this dead body because they know the McMichaels. Remember, the father son duo of that duo, the father worked for the DA as an investigator. The district attorney of that time decided to utilize her massive influence and not prosecute this case to cover it up. It was not even a story. It finally got some local attention and then roughly a month after started to get national traction. The DA has been indicted for covering this up. That's how deep it goes. During the trial, you saw the obvious racist tactics of the defense attorneys. I have to commend this jury, this jury of majority white people for not falling for the racism and racist tactics of the defense. Now, here's what's going to happen. Sentencing is coming, obviously. Let me give you some idea of what can happen. The Georgia jury returned this verdict. Count of malice murder in Georgia is punishable by life imprisonment with or without the possibility of parole. Count of felony murder, felony murder is punishable by life imprisonment with or without the possibility of parole. Aggravated assault is punishable by up to 
um, 20 years in prison, false imprisonment um, up to 10 years in prison, criminal attempt to, to commit a felony, one to five years in prison. All right, so that's some of the background. Here's uh, the decision. Verdict is as follows. In the Superior Court of Glenn County, state of Georgia, the state of Georgia versus Travis McMichael, case number CR000433. Jury verdict form, count one, malice murder. We the jury find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. I'm gonna ask that whoever. Okay, uh, and that was the individual who actually pulled the trigger. Ben, what are your thoughts here with this verdict? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a sigh of relief because we all saw how the Cal Rittenhouse trial went. And I think a lot of us were rightfully scared that this trial might have gone the same way. And I feel like if you, anybody that has seen the video, it feels like a pretty clear cut case. I'm obviously not a lawyer, but it felt like clear cut to me. But there was still that like underlying fear that the jury would um, would side with these people and let them off. But luckily, we didn't see that outcome. And um, I guess that's a shred of hope. Um, but when it comes to like the the DA and everything that you saw beforehand, like it's important to remember that there's small towns all across America where this is a systemic problem, and maybe it should be more than just this one instance that's looked into, and maybe this should hopefully be like a springboard to maybe take a look at the look, <laughs> you know, local leaders in, in police departments and district attorneys around the country. That's right. If it had not been for Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter protesters who went to Brunswick, Georgia, made the world pay attention to it, made media look at it, you never would have uh, you never would have gotten an indictment for the DA. You never would have gotten an arrest for the McMichaels or Bryant. You never would have gotten any of that because remember, this was already covered up. And this was a month later when we actually knew what happened in that local jurisdiction. It was because of activists. It was because of people like you who watched this show that made it possible for justice to actually move in the right direction. All right, so we're gonna continue to follow this. I'm trying not to be celebratory and here's why. As black folks, we should not celebrate things that should be normative. If somebody chases down your child, kidnaps them basically, false imprisonment, kills them and then gets convicted of what they did. That should not be a celebration. That's normal everyday justice system stuff. That's how it should work for everybody. But we have become so indoctrinated to unfairness in the injustice system that we celebrate what should be normal. And I'm trying to be careful not to be that guy. Obviously, we are glad it's moving in the right direction. Let me give you another case, this is an update. Uh, five Henry County police officers, once again, state of Georgia. They have been indicted for murder by the district attorney. The district attorney is a young black male named Darius Patillo, uh, who does not seek media attention at all. He simply fairly applies the law and he keeps it moving. Well, they turned themselves in. Let's show um, a mugshot of the officers. The mugshots we were able to get. There they are, five police officers from Henry County who were indicted on murder charges related to the 2019 death of a 24 year old man 
in police custody each turned themselves in on Monday. All five were later released on a $100,000 bond. Let's show a picture of the kid they killed, okay? Now I wanna remind you of what happened. This is graphic, here's the video. Game bridge. Hey, get on the ground, dude. Look, man, get on the ground. Get on the ground, man. Go ahead and hit him. Oh. Give it to him again. I am. Roll over. Roll over the stomach. Roll over. Roll over, dude. Roll over. You're going to do it again. Oh. Roll over. 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 Get on your stomach. Get on. Ah. Roll over, dude. Come on. Roll over. Whatever it is you're on, it ain't worth all this. Roll over, okay? Roll over on your stomach. Oh. You ain't got a good connection. No. Then you need to stop. Roll over. Roll over. Roll over on your side. Roll over. You, you got a taser in there? I'm grabbing it if you're tasing. They killed Fernando Rodriguez, 24 years of age, he was naked. He was in the middle of a crisis. Those cops have all been charged with murder. After the indictments were handed down by a grand jury on Friday evening. Arrest warrants were issued ordering the five men to turn themselves in by 5 p.m. Tuesday. They complied a day ahead of schedule and were each released by Tuesday afternoon. Henry Sheriff's Office spokeswoman Ms. Satonia Moore said in an email. The five officers, let's put their pictures up again. Let's put their pictures up. Robert, Robert Batera, Quentin Phillips, they work for the Henry County Police Department. And then Hampton police officers, Mason Lewis, Marcus Stroud, and Gregory Bolden. The men are facing charges related to the death of Mr. Rodriguez. And you will see more about this story because a settlement on the civil side has already been reached with one police department. The family is looking to reach a wrongful death settlement with another. Once again, Tragedy, there's nothing that can bring this young man back, but the wheels of justice moving in the right direction. Now, when you look at these officers personal records for their professional conduct, you know what we don't see? We don't see their professional record. You know why? Because it's not mandated. Under the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act, we will be able to see their history. See, this doesn't make sense to me. They can see my history, they can see your history. But we can't see theirs and they work for us and we're the ones that pay them. They don't pay us. This doesn't make sense to me. Ben, thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, there's only one way for me to describe what I saw in that video, and that was torture. I mean, every single time that taser went off, that was a choice. That was an explicit choice that those police officers made. And I think we all know why they made it, right? Like, I get it, right? It's uncomfortable if there's somebody that's naked in the streets and you're the police officer that's responsible for handling the situation. It can get complicated and difficult. But this is where with police officers, their impatience and their laziness is deadly, right? Mm -hmm. For civilians. The impatience and laziness of police officers is deadly. And the just gratuitous disregard for human life. I mean, seriously, I don't know how they could be in that situation and just continue to fire their tasers. And that's why typically in professions, you have a higher standard of accountability. For example, a medical doctor has a higher standard of care than somebody who is not a medical doctor. There are things that medical doctor will do that will get them in criminal trouble because of their higher level of accountability or standard. And it seems to work exactly the opposite for many, many police officers. All right, let me go to this school board meeting. Where remember the video, the racist video, the young white student decided to make a racist video against another black student, okay? Well, the school board, they have been inactive. They don't wanna do anything. They don't wanna make a decision. They were afraid to show some leadership. Well, guess what happened? Students and supporters shut down their lily white school board meeting. Here's some of it. I believe that is all of our speakers this evening. Thank no, you, you got another speaker. I, I you have not. another speaker. I do not, and I can. This room has another speaker. You can knock that hammer on you want. Follow protocol. No, but he has the right to speak. I have the right. You are here to listen to the community, so he has the right to speak. I was going to enter this room with a bullhorn. And I wasn't going to listen to anything you had to say. I understand, and we have policies and procedures. And I may not have been invited to speak. I'm going to ask you to be clear. And I'll gladly take more than three minutes, all right? I may not speak as eloquently as the previous speakers, but you will hear me. For a recess. But to touch, can you guys need to give him a chance to speak? Just as I heard hundreds of stories. What do you want to say? We have the right. Just as I heard hundreds of stories. Just as I heard hundreds of stories. Just as I heard I heard hundreds of stories from these children, Amy. And I'm not here to talk about equity or equality and diversity. I'm here to demand that the school takes accountability. Demand that the school takes accountability in the light of an international scandal. Y'all didn't make a decision in the light of an international scandal. Y'all didn't make a goddamn decision. That being said, it shouldn't take the world to watch for you to have to make a decision. But not only that, Michael, Michelle, even when the world was watching, you still didn't make a decision. After this happened, you can step out. I'm going to keep speaking to these people here that you guys are supposed to represent. Now, remember, the genesis of all of this is a white student who made a viral video telling a black student, next time, kill yourself the right way. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically the gist of it. The student, the black student, her name is Naya Saigon, okay? That's one of the videos from that school board. The school board meeting was initially interrupted by local activist Lavish Mack, who spoke out in support of the family. Here's more. In the light of an international travesty, where you guys 
present, and thank y'all too for staying here. You guys failed to make any action. We should have the integrity to do the right things when no one's looking. See that this shit just look away. Period. That's when no one's looking, that's what y'all teach y'all kids. But why doesn't it apply to these kids? And then when Sean King and myself blow this out to immeasurable proportions, y'all still have failed to make any sort of decision. Still. After this happened, there the family's address was The Sijin family's address was leaked, and then the school still failed to hold the girl, Ava H., who leaked the address accountable. She just leaked their address in the midst of an international scandal. Tell me a news agency that this didn't pop up on, and then we can say that it's not international, right? The media that you have in here now is not representative of a typical school board meeting. Yet your actions are still representative of a racist-ass institution that teaches these little punk-ass kids how to not value other lives. You guys might not like black people either. But what we can do is just take race out of it and just look at humanity and try to come from a place of love. A place of love doesn't allow when Elizabeth Sijin is called down to the office to talk to a police officer. When a young white girl gave up their address, but you have a young black woman talking to a police officer. Now, I want to remind you, he is there at the request of the family, okay? He has been their advocate, their spokesperson, their fighter, their champion. Elizabeth Segan, who is a senior and the older sister of Naya, spoke about the meeting as well. Here's what she said. All on camera looking real, you real bad, real bad. Slavery is, this is modern day slavery. Walking out on kids, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. And you guys just get to walk out while everything we have to struggle. And you can just walk out of the room and y'all look into what we go through. You all are white and you all raise racist children. I guarantee you all of you have to raise this right now. You don't listen to anything that we have to say. You do not care about any of us in this room. Raw emotion. They're hurting. Their children, their students. Their leadership is inactive. Um, the board members walked out when the Twin Cities activist, uh, Lavish Mack, who was not on the list of speakers, interrupted the meeting. He and other activists held up a stack of 100 student experiences they are collecting from current and former Prior Lake students. Four members of the board walked out after he spoke, except for the sole board member of color. Two board members were not at the meeting. Let me give you some demographics on this area. Prior Lake is 87.7% white, with residents of color making up 12.3% of the community. That's according to Compass data. Ben, what do you see here? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we're seeing a reality that is really in school boards across America. And like, all, like, like, I mean, there's this whole school to prison pipeline that literally just criminalizes the existence of black students. Well, meantime, if students are experiencing racism in the school, nine times out of 10, the administration is just gonna turn around and say, oh, it's just a joke, it's well-meaning, it's this, that, and the other thing, and shrug it off. And 
it's also hard to not put this in the context of all of these right wingers that have been literally like storming into school boards, screaming at the top of their lungs about critical race theory, which isn't even a real issue. Um, and I saw a lot of school boards listening. I saw a lot of school boards having going out of their way to be very patient and polite That's with right. those people. Okay, but what do they do here? They just walk away at the first sign of you know tension or conflict or them being challenged on the institutional racism that they're perpetuating. It just speaks for itself, I think. The irony is damning here that school boards will take seriously the notion of critical race theory being taught in K through 12 education, which it never has been, but they will give room to that idea, to that narrative, to that protest, which is an advanced study of institutionalized racism in America. They will say, "Oh yeah, sure, yeah, we'll we'll you know we'll give some room for that here," and then totally ignore actual racism in their institution. Unbelievable. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Okay, let me give you some big reminders, all right? Um, we are in day three of our nine days of impact right here on TYT. Uh, today is day three, I want you to shop at tyt.com. So here's what's happening today. One dollar will be donated to the Trevor Project for every purchase of Shop TYT's new Pride Patch Pack. Which can be applied to the bomber jacket. All right, shoptyt.com, shoptyt.com. Also, in observance of Turkey Day, we will not have a live program tomorrow. Catch up on Indisputable by checking us out at youtube.com forward slash IndisputableTYT. Don't forget to subscribe. All right, I'm going to see you next Monday. We do have fresh content though. We got a lot of good content, okay? All right. Um, Let's get it, a lot of comments, I'll read as many as I can. Mickey C the Silverhead Dragon says, I watched the verdict announcements and had chills and started crying with relief. 11 white jurors in the deep south found all three guilty of multiple felony counts, there is hope. I have to wonder, hope that the exhibition of outright hate and racism by the two attorneys reminded the jury that this case was about racism, yep. All right, Texas Two-Step Dragon. School boards are so afraid to stand up for students these days. Thanks to all of the Q nuts. They give the Q announce plenty of airtime, but the second someone with an actual grievance based in reality steps up, they throw them out. This is disgusting and sadly becoming the norm. Vote, there you go. Super Chat, Tyler Hagner says, a true justice would be Ahmad being here, but this is accountability. And that matters, agree with you 100%. Roger Harris says, what's good Dr. Richie and Ben, just spreading the love. So what y'all want on your plate? We give thanks for you both and I thank you as well, we appreciate that. All right, Twitch, um, I think this is Zyvis X. Uh, justice will be served once the sentences are properly issued, I agree. Um, Psychics, I don't know. Nerd Dragon, can't forget that scream. It's a scream of someone that knows they're dying. That's right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're I feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Now, this particular display of Karenicity is international because obviously you can be sanctioned by the United Nations if you work at a restaurant and get into an argument with a customer. That was the beef of this particular Karen. Now, I have to remind you because I still got this Karen who's stalking the hell out of me. We talked about it yesterday, all right? I have to remind everyone, Karenicity is the explanation of a behavior like Debbie Downer, Permit Patty, bye Felicia. Ben, what do you see here? I don't know, I'm just always blown away how it's always every time at like a fast food restaurant or something like that. <laughs> like something about a Wendy's just really sets people <laughs> off, I guess. I don't know, like uh, I, you know, why isn't this happening at Olive Garden? Like, but I mean, ultimately <laughs> it, <laughs> it just goes to like, I think, just the way people view, you know, the way people view fast food workers, right? It's it's really seen as like, you know, this like beneath work. When like ultimately, I mean, if you think about it, okay, those fast food workers, they get you your food way faster than you get in a place like Olive Garden. So, I mean, they're doing a pretty solid job, and maybe you don't yell at them. But I don't know. It just kind of blows my mind that it's always at a fast food restaurant. You know, it is interesting. You bring up something I think is really relevant because you're right. Typically. These incidents of Karenicity, they take place where there's a there's a person who's not at the highest level on the economic ladder, and there's an assumption of their status because of that. Because many times people make the correlation of what you make to your value, and we have to fight against that as a human species. We have to fight against it. I explained to my college students we are really a combination of three E's, experiences, exposures, and environments that has nothing to do with how much you make. That has nothing to do with what job you have, no degrees that you can hang on the wall. You are a collection of experiences, exposures, and environments. You wanna be rich, you be rich in experiences, exposures, and environments. That's how you live a rich life. And until we can see each other based on the value that we see ourselves, we will always have these situations where we feel like we can talk to people any kind of way and make a big deal and big scene out of absolutely nothing and then call the authorities. Now I've heard of Karen's calling the police, but calling the United Nations, damn.
<laughs> All right, I got another one, but it's really interesting, okay? Um, imagine if uh, your wife is delivering your baby in the delivery room and you're in a hospital. And the hospital says, hey, we wanna make sure everybody's safe and protected, including your newborn baby. So you don't have to get a COVID vaccination, but you do need to have the COVID test. We need to make sure you're not a live infected person with the live virus harming your wife, your child or somebody else inside of a hospital where we have to care for people. Imagine you being told that and this is your reaction to being tested for COVID. Here it is. I'm getting kicked out of the hospital. I'm getting kicked out by right here. What's your name? What's your name? I won't be leaving. You have to leave. I won't be leaving. This is my child. I won't be leaving with her or I won't be leaving at all. You will be leaving. Or Charlie Bay is going to be going in ejection from room three and they ready delivery. You have to leave, sir. I'm going to stay here with my wife and my kid. All right, I'm asking you to leave. No. Okay. I'm staying here with my wife and my kid. I will not go anywhere. I'm staying here with my wife and my kid. I'm not going anywhere. You guys are on video. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with my wife and my kid. Do not touch me. You have no right. Do not touch me, you have no right. I am staying with my wife and my kid. Do not touch me, do not touch me. I am with my wife and my kid, do not touch me. This is wrong, you guys are so mean. COVID, but what's going on? These people are trying to kill me. These people are trying to kill me. Yes, 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 they tell you one visitor and then they try to kick you out. Look at this, look at this. Somebody's trying to kill you. Yes. Stop. 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 Please leave. Please leave. We're not leaving. I'm not leaving. I would conclude that he probably has COVID. Why would you respond that way if you don't? I mean, seriously, this is your wife. You got a newborn baby. They're not asking you to take a vaccination. This is simply a test. They just want to test you to make sure you don't have COVID. All right. Here's what else happened. You guys are trying to get me away from my baby. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to leave my child or my wife because of a COVID test. Do you understand me? Do you understand me that this is my right? This is my wife and she is crying right there. Look, that is my wife because of you, all you guys. Right here, COVID, COVID, COVID. They're kicking me out because I won't submit to a PCR test. A PCR test that's proven wrong. 30. Yeah. You're screaming at Harvard. You're not the one upset. No, I'm not. I'm not. You're coming, man. Come on. I'm not going anywhere. Your wife is crying because of you, sir. That's why your wife is crying. Uh, I just I can't imagine this guy in an argument where he's right. <laughs> I mean, this is an argument where he's wrong. Just imagine, anyway. Ben, <laughs> what do you see here? Okay, there's two parts of this. First part, there's no doubt in my mind that this man thinks he is Liam Neeson right now, right? <laughs> he thinks he's like he's like like literally, I'm not gonna leave oh my, my child. <laughs> like, just get the test. Just get the test. It's not that hard, right? But the second part of it is like. I'd be surprised if they're still married in like a month from now because like she's literally like giving birth, right? She's like about to have a baby and 
all the doctors want to do is say, hey, wouldn't it be great if your like newborn infant child didn't get coronavirus right away? Cuz that could be a very dangerous situation. And I think, you know, anybody that like wants to have kids would like the kids to not get sick immediately after they're born. And so like like I just how does he not see his own behavior in that situation is just mind blowing. It, it really is. And think about what it takes um, to be at that hospital at that time. Number one, that means you had prenatal care. If you had prenatal care, the uh, mother was likely on some regimen of treatment, care, something, right? And you also had check-ins. And then when labor started or it was close to it, you coordinated with the hospital. Like there are all of these systematic controls to make sure the child is safe. And then you get there, and yes, they have a COVID test protocol to make sure people are not actively infecting others. God forbid your own child that doesn't have the strongest immune system coming right into the world. And this is how the person reacts. It's amazing to me. All right, we got more on the other side. Is indisputable, stick and stay. Okay, you may want to fasten your seatbelt, not right now, but in a moment, all right? Let me read some of these comments. Uh, I'm a sock, I am sock says, we need to install trap doors in front of every register. <laughs> I saw that on a cartoon, that's why I'm laughing. Okay, um, the Great American Healthcare Family says, Ben, I worked at an Olive Garden for eight years. Trust me, this behavior is a common theme running in that job. Wow, um, super chat. Nyekromancer, myself and all of us at Sodium Syndicate, love you, good doctor. You've been making people salty all year with truth and facts. Well, thank you. I couldn't do it without your support, all right? Uh, Latif, AKA Colossus Dragon. Big shout outs to Lil Bro and Sis and VA checking out the show live today. Thank you for doing that. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, I appreciate what you're saying, Doc. But I see our world as unjust. So anytime justice is served, it provides me, it proves to me we can make the world better. It is worth celebrating. Happy Thanksgiving, Dr. R. Well, thank you for that. Forbeszilla. If that was over test, imagine the reaction he's going to have over the vaccinations for the baby once it's out. <laughs> I just don't know. Um, two man underscore ten fifty one. Don't yell at people that handle your food because you may get an extra ingredient. Yep. All kind of extra sauces may come with that hamburger. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of fast food, I'm sorry. This was a perfect segue into this story. Um, have you ever been to Little Caesars Pizza? Hot and ready? Okay. All right. I must admit I've been there before. Uh, there's a man in Tennessee who decided to hold up a Little Caesars with an AK 47. After being told that he had to wait for his hot and ready pizza for 10 minutes. Knoxville, Tennessee. This man held up a little Caesar at Cedar Bluff with an AK-47 rifle. After being told his pepperoni pizza 
would take 10 minutes. Here's the picture of the guy. His name is Charles Doty Jr. All right, Charles don't play about his damn pizza. Charles <laughs> has now been arrested by the Knoxville Police Department. Officers responded to the restaurant just after 9 p.m. on Friday where they were told that the suspect identified as Charles Doty Jr. 53 became upset when he was told that his pepperoni pizza would take 10 minutes to make. According to the report, he got upset and demanded a free breadstick order. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm trying to get through this story because it's true. He demanded a free breadstick order and went outside the business to wait for the pizza. Okay. When Mr. Doty returned, he had the rifle in his hand and was pointing it at employees. Obviously, they were terrified, demanding his pizza immediately. The report reads, Doty Jr. reportedly stopped an employee who was trying to leave the Little Caesars asking, and I quote, where in the hell he thought he was going? And a woman waiting in the line ended up giving him her pizza in an attempt to get him to leave. That's a nice lady, because he would not have gotten my damn hot and ready, promise you that, all right? According to the report, police later tracked him down and arrested him. He is charged with aggravated assault and um, aggravated kidnapping. He comes walking back in and hasn't pointed at anybody yet. I was taking care of a female customer and she was just getting ready to leave. Then he gets the gun. He pointed at me saying, where is my damn pizza? I want my pizza, said former Little Caesars employee, Kimberly, Kimberly Smith. I was shocked it was over a $6 pizza. People can be petty, okay? So obviously our hearts are with the employees because this had to be one of the most traumatic experiences they've ever had, all right? So I don't minimize the reality of what they went through, but damn, pizza? We're not even talking about Chicago deep dish here. We're talking about Little Caesars, okay? Ben, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I, I had a difficult time keeping it together when you said demanded free breadsticks. <laughs> I was like, like he's demanding like, hey, Little Caesars pizza is not that good, right? Like it's it's definitely not that good, right? Um, and like six dollars, like like I mean, come on, come on, like are people are we really at a point where people are like holding up Little Caesars pizza because they want their pizza faster and they want like a free garlic bread, like like I don't know because yeah, it's an absolutely terrifying situation for the people who are working there. I mean, they work at Little Caesars, right? Minimum wage, minimum effort, and that is the situation that requires maximum effort. Um, like, yeah. you know, and so it's it's just it's just wild that we're at this place where he's holding up a little Caesar's pizza. I like, I, you know yeah. what? I just, you know, I wonder what he's saying in jail right now because somebody's going to say, "Hey, man, what are you in here for?" Like, how are you going to explain that? Okay, <laughs> you need to just make something up, sir. At this point, do not tell people why you're actually incarcerated. You know, I got a question. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard.
Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. And look at the results of having women being able to vote. If it weren't for women getting the right to vote, we would have a way more conservative government. It's the fact that women are very emotional thinkers that leads them to overwhelmingly vote for Democrats. America was much better off before women gained the right to vote. So I say repeal the 19th Amendment, get women back in the kitchen. And if anyone has any store recommendations for where I can get a new apron, please let me know in the comments below. I am dying for a new apron. Okay, so insane, it seems like a skit, right? Well, it's not. This is a real person, TikToker named Isabella Riley. Miss Riley is a regular guest contributor, guess where? Newsmax, Turning Point USA ambassador and self-proclaimed anti-feminist. So this was her thoughts on the 19th Amendment and women's role in society. So she is being promoted by one almost mainstream media agency and another very, very powerful conservative think tank, Turning Point USA. As much as you may disagree with them, they influence a lot of conservative minds, especially conservative young minds. Now, I didn't know this was the idea. I, didn't, I did not know this was the agenda to literally roll back the voting rights of women, saying it would be better if women did not vote. Let me tell you the danger in saying that. And promoting people like this without challenging their ridiculous ideology. Because if you can make a case that women should not have the right to vote, what case do you think they will make next? That black people should not have the right to vote. You know, that used to actually be a thing too. So if we allow people like this to continue to get away with their ridiculous ideology without challenging them and the platforms that build them up, then they will continue to get more popular ideas will connect to the masses and others will begin to implement this strategy to literally take us backwards. All right, Ben, what do you see here? Yeah, I mean, what I see here is really a classic example of, I mean, basically a lot of like white women face a lot of sexism, but at the same time are active perpetrators of white supremacy. And actively propagate white supremacist systems and ideas. And this is really one of those things, right? She says that she's willing to lose her right to vote because she thinks that it would lead to the country being more conservative. And you're 100% right that if she wants people to lose the right to vote to make the country more conservative, is she gonna draw a line anywhere? I don't think she would, but because she knows, right? She knows that if white men were the only people that were allowed to vote, White women would be able to benefit from the inequality that existed, mm. um, you know, like a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, and still to this very day. Um, the the fundamental racism that has existed since the birth of the United States has helped white women, and I think she thinks that she's fine making that compromise with herself and other women in the country. Yep, and um, you know, I got something special for everybody, and let me say this before I bring it to it. You have to watch this whole video for it to continue not to make sense to you. What in the red state hell, double dose. You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math, somebody say amen.
after Derek and I got married, one night, this other Derek appears in our bed. The real Derek is lying down next to me. Other Derek sits right up out of him. It startled me. I knew that was not Derek. And so I asked this critter, who are you? Because he clearly wanted to have sexual relations. And I said, he said, come on, I'm your husband. I said, who are you? And he had the nerve to claim to be Ahasuerus, Xerxes. Well, other Derek seriously wanted to invite me to use my free will to do something that was going to pull me away from God. So this last time, I knew he was really desperate. And I asked him again, who are you? He told me the same answer. And I said, I'm not going with you. This was an internal dialogue. Finally, I said, I've had enough in my mind. I reached up. I grabbed his face. And I said, you are a liar. And Jesus is real. And I pulled that face off. And beneath it was a reptile. And he had little creatures with him this time. He brought these little halfling creatures, and they looked like, I don't know, gargoyles. They were very reptilian as well. So beneath that face of Derek was a reptilian serpentine creature, probably similar to what was visiting the Anasazi. I mean, depending on how you look at this, that may have been a really fun night. I don't know. Okay, so this is an end times preacher, okay, a Christian preacher on the Jim Baker show. Now, I want you to realize while she's saying this really, really extreme story about the other guy in the bed with her being an alien, while she's saying this extreme story, The other guys are simply nodding their head in agreement because I guess they've had these kinds of experiences in their bedroom before. (laughs) I can't, man. I just thought it's the holidays. We're going to end it on a light note. All right, Ben, I'll let you have the final word on this one. All right. I mean, I don't know. I guess we got to get to the bottom of this alien situation. Like this is literally just like blowing my mind, right? This is this is blowing my mind. Like I and people take this seriously, like and we're mixing universes here. We got halflings, gargoyles, aliens, reptiles. I feel like pick a category, you know, pick a genre and like stick with it. Um That is so like, true. Uh, she yeah. did mix the reptilian aliens and gargoyles together here. Yeah. Yeah, wow. so it's just this mixed universe situation here. I don't know, like um, wild, just absolutely wild. <laughs> All right, I just wanted, you know, I wanted everyone to see that once again. Here's the reality of it. Here's how you connect it back to the social construct of America. If you have individuals who can be on a halfway serious show, which Jim Baker has a halfway serious show. I know some people would disagree, but there are many people that take his show seriously. You're on a show like that and you can say a story like that and it's not a fairy tale. It's literally believed by 80, 90% of the people who actually 
watch shows like his, then naturally they believe the election was stolen. I mean, if you believe that story, believing the election was stolen is not a stretch whatsoever. Okay, Ben, how can people follow you? Always good to have you on Indisputable. Yeah, uh, so that people can follow me at Benjamin Carollo on Twitter. That's where I do all of the memery and news about what I'm up to. So yeah, at Benjamin Carollo um, on Twitter. Always a great job, we appreciate you Ben. Let me remind you, it is day three of our Days of Impact at TYT. So make sure you go to shoptyt.com, $1 today, $1 today will be donated to the Trevor Project for every purchase of Shop TYT's new Pride Patch Pack, which can also be applied to the bomber jacket, all right? Very cool stuff. We will not be here live, all right, tomorrow. Um, but I want to make sure you go to youtube.com forward slash indisputable. We got some stuff for you there, all right? And subscribe if you have not done so. And here's another thing I want you to do enjoy yourself, all right? Enjoy yourself. So <clears throat> this is Turkey Day. Turkey Day is tomorrow. Uh, some people call it Thanksgiving. However, you celebrate it. Make sure you give to someone else. <clears throat> so here's what I do this is my tradition. Um, I always order a turkey. And then I cook the sides and we make plates in my home and we hand them out to people on the west side of Atlanta after 9, 10 p.m. Because really Thanksgiving completely missed them. These are people that did not connect with a nonprofit, go to a church, whatever they have going on, they missed Thanksgiving altogether. And so we make sure we hand out plates at nighttime. It's a way to give back, all right? So whatever you do, just try to encourage somebody else on a day like tomorrow in particular.